Training Camp 2023. Phil Longford of Denver presents Denver Sports Tonight. Good evening, Colorado and the Rocky Mountain Mile High Region. What is up? It is Denver Sports Tonight. I am Cecil Lammy talking about, you guessed it, the Denver Broncos. And training camp continues today, counting down to the all-important second preseason game coming up Saturday on the road against the San Francisco 49ers. What do the Broncos have in store? Hopefully, healthier players. Uh, Today was a weird day. Honestly, weird day. I saw something out at training camp that I have never, ever, 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 ever seen before in any football practice that I've ever watched. I'm talking about training camp, and this is my 20th year. As I sound like Mike Evans, I've been covering the Broncos for 20 years. It's my 20th year of being credentialed for training camp. I went to camp up in Greeley when I was just a fan. I've told those stories before. I would cut out of work early. Tell a little white lie sometimes. Hey, uh, I what had happened was is I have that appointment thing I was telling you about. And so me and my buddy Kelly would, like, take off. We'd speed up to Greeley down 85. Don't speed on 85. It is a uh, – <laughs> you'll get caught. Let's just say that. But anyway, so I've, I've been going to training camp for 30 years, whatever. Like, I, before I was credentialed in the media, like – It was training camp. It's an event. It's what I look forward to. It's what I love. Never seen it in that. I've been to the Senior Bowl every year since 2007. I've been to the Shrine Bowl, Shrine Game at times, for every year since 2007. I've been to Texas First Nation games, player all-star classics, college football practices, Pop Warner practices, high school practices, whatever it is. Uh, Needless to say, I've seen a lot of football. I have never seen a fight with two teammates when you're running sprints. But I saw that today because Jaquan McMillan and Damari Mathis went a little, went at it a little bit. Even Pat Sertan kind of stepped in a, a little bit in this situation and uh, it was weird. That was that was just part of the weirdness today. Today's just been a weird day overall. So, KJ, look out. I'm in a mood. I am in a mood, my friend. I know you'll help me out and make it better. I know talking about it will always make it better. But this Broncos team's got some problems, Mac. And the problems aren't just on the offensive line, which is, I think, a 10 out of 10 concern. The problems aren't just with... Russell Wilson, and we're seeing some growth with Russ, uh, some more uh, good things coming from Russell Wilson. I think these need to be emphasized, and the people that hate Russell Wilson just because he's Russell Wilson, y'all need to stop. Like, let him grow in this offense. Let's see what happens. Let's not make any final determinations or judgments because he underthrew or threw behind Adam Troutman on the very first throw of the game against the Cardinals. The Cardinals suck, and Russell Wilson suck. There are people that just, no matter what Russ does, they're just going to hate him. And I suppose that's life in addition to just being football. Uh, But it's dumb. Rule number one in life, don't be dumb. I think there's people that just like, no matter what Russ does, they're just going to hate it. I'm here to tell you some good things about Russell Wilson. Hopefully you can listen. 
to those things about Russell Wilson. Um, problems with injuries. The turf at Sincera Health Training Center needs some work. This is my opinion. Nobody got hurt because of the turf today. I want to be very clear about that because I understand the Broncos would be sensitive with this topic and I might get a talking to. I get that. And I appreciate the Broncos. The Broncos treat me incredibly well. They do a great job um, with their PR department. Like uh, all those guys are my friends over there. So I want to be very careful with what I say. I don't want to make anybody mad and I don't want to say anything, you know, any sort of falsehoods or whatever. But every day in practice, I see somebody slip and it's always outside the numbers. So you tell me, in every practice, and I've been at every or every training camp practice, I see somebody slip, and it's always outside the numbers. And I know Sean Payton was asked about it earlier in camp, perhaps about a week ago, and he was like, no, no, the field looks great. Like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. There's a couple spots, you know. Um, and I do not want any more players to get hurt on something that is avoidable. It is football. Injury is going to happen. There were injuries that happened today, not because of the turf. I want to be very clear about that. Uh, but I did see, uh, I think it was two slips today. There's always at least one every day. I'm like, you just, it's too, things are too tight in this game. It's too difficult to win in the National Football League. And with the Broncos, I've said this before, the Broncos aren't good enough to lose players and then steamroll people. The Broncos are good enough that if they keep most of their key players healthy, they will play, they'll be the cardiac kids this year. The Broncos, which can break your heart, will make your heart skip a beat this season. The Broncos, if everybody stays healthy for the most part of key players, they will win close games and they'll likely do it ugly. Are you ready for that, Broncos country? Your team is going to win ugly. Now, a win is a win is a win. You know, it'd be like Jameis eating those W's, but the point is, what's my point? The point is you are not going to win by running away from teams. You're not going to kick everybody's ass. That's just not going to happen with this team. What's going to happen is it's, uh, you know, 17-16 and the defense pulls it out. You're going to run the ball. It's going to be 23-21. to 21. Broncos win. That's the type of wins you'll have. Even against the teams, as I pull out their handy-dandy schedule, even against the teams that you think they should just run roughshod over, the Washington Commanders, on September 17th at Empower Field at Mile High, guess what the Broncos are going to do against the Commanders? Do you know what it is, KJ? You know What, what are they going to do? Do you know what it is? They're going to barely win. There you go. Yeah. They're going to barely win. Sam Howell's a good quarterback. That's my quarterback. Should have been Broncos quarterback. But anyway, uh, had to get... Uh, <laughs> That's my quarterback. A habitual gambler instead of Sam Howell. But anyway, um, you're going to barely beat the Commanders. The Raiders, week one. Hopefully Max Crosby doesn't make Garrett Bowles look like Khalil Mack made Michael Schofield look. But either way... The Raiders, we hate them, right? Raiders stink. Their fans stink. Raiders are terrible. They're awful. They're the worst thing ever. Um, you're barely going to beat the Raiders. Now, I do have the Broncos starting 2-0. The Broncos will start 2-0 this year. I believe in this team. I believe in Sean Payton. I believe in Russell Wilson to a certain point. But just know this, that 
you can't afford any sort of loss. And I've seen the card out today for P.J. Locke. That makes me mad because P.J. Locke is one of my favorite young and -and up-and-coming players. And if you know ball, and I've been... I've been doing something I think all of us need to do, which is when you see something, say something. When you see someone doing something good, you need to say it and and tell them. So this is a roundabout way of telling you about P.J. Locke. If you know ball, and I've heard some chatter from people at this station, other places, that is inaccurate about P.J. Locke. I've heard some chatter at this station and other places that is accurate about P.J. Locke. The people that know Ball know that Locke can play. If you don't know Ball, you're probably not even talking about P.J. Locke. Unfortunately, this is a young playmaker. It's a hard hitter. This guy is ready to go take that next step, get more opportunity with this team, and now an injury that required the cart, and Coach Payton didn't really talk about it, so we can't really talk about it, which, again, I'm doing what I can. I don't want to get in trouble. The Broncos treat me really well. And I appreciate them. Shout out to Jordan once again uh, and Tyler. Get me Cam Fleming today. I had a one-on-one exclusive with Cam Fleming. That's coming to denversports.com, all of our social channels. Make sure to stay tuned for that. But in this situation, the cart comes out for Locke. That makes me mad because that is a young player. And it's one of those things... Like in Tommy Boy, when he goes, doesn't get to chicken wings at first, he's like, it's fine. We got the cheese pizza in the trunk. A guy like P.J. Locke, this is a weird reference, but ride with me here. He is that cheese pizza in the trunk. Like, hey, your your starting safeties are a little bit banged up. Hey, Caden Stern's a little bit banged up. Hey, you got P.J. Locke. P.J. Locke is a playmaker now. And if you know ball, you understand and recognize what kind of talent that young man has. That's a good player. That's a good Denver Bronco. And it really ticks me off. I'm trying to be less obnoxious, KJ, and I'm trying to cuss less on air because, one, I love my job. But, two, I'm just so upset because the damn card's coming out. He's throwing off his helmet. They take off the sock. They take off the shoe. They're looking at the left leg. Like, we don't know what that is yet. We can't really speculate. Like, is it serious? Is it not serious? All I can tell you is the cart came out. Coach didn't really talk about it. We don't have any update. But I know this, P.J. Locke can play, and that is a gut punch to the depth on this team at a position where you felt good about your depth. There's positions where you should not feel good about your depth. But at safety, when you already have Justin Simmons, miss a little time, he's going to be fine. He's Justin Simmons. He's amazing. He's wonderful. He's a great man. And the, the best thing about Justin Simmons is he's a great man, like a good man. He's a good soul. And I appreciate that about Justin. He's also the best safety in the game. So Justin Simmons, a little bit banged up, right? Caden Stearns, today, a little bit banged up. Kareem Jackson, getting some veteran rest at at times. Not today, he was out there. And then you get P.J. Hawk banged up. You are down to the guy not named Tariq Woolen. And I will use his name, and I will stop talking about Tariq Woolen eventually. I know some of you are sick of it. I apologize. But when the pick right after you is the league leader in interceptions as a rookie, that was a bad pick. 
when it's looking like the pick that you made is going to be a core special teamer and the guy that you didn't take that went right after you and you had a need there, the guy went right after you, very next pick, and he's looking like an all-pro. That means that was a bad pick. But now, DeLaren Turner-Yell, you got to step it up. And J.L. Skinner, listen, the Boise State film was good. Senior Bowl, not as good. Training camp, not as good. Preseason game, waiting for it. Love J.L. Skinner. I think that is a good young man. I think he's a, he's got a bright future in this league if it clicks for him, and it's not it's not clicking yet. Now, he has time. He's going to make this team, most likely the practice squad. I don't think he makes the 53 unless his play improves. And this is where you have to be honest about everything because there are people who will just, oh, and then Skinner, and he's great, and go Broncos. Like, that's not analysis. The analysis is jail Skinner hasn't been good enough. I know the talent is there. I was excited the Broncos drafted him. And how many times do I agree with a George Payton pick? It doesn't happen that often. So when I do, it's either me and George are both wrong or JL can play and he's going to prove everybody right. Go Broncos. Like, JL Skinner can play. I saw it at Boise State. He's an enforcer. He's intimidating. He's rangy. He's almost, and I asked him a couple of weeks ago, I got a chance to talk to him, a little mini scrum. It wasn't one-on-one. But I asked JL Skinner, I was like, you're kind of a linebacker. Like, you're kind of both. Like, what are you? What are you? He didn't say I'm Batman. He said, I'm a safety. Well, this young safety's not getting it yet. And I understand others will soft sell that. I'm not here to do that. I'm here to tell you what's happening with the Denver Broncos in an honest and positive way. Because I'm positive this team has talent. I'm positive JL Skinner can play. I got to see it. I saw it at Boise. That's the wrong Broncos, baby. I need to see it now for this team, for the Denver Broncos. I haven't seen it. And now is the time when it's critical that a jail Skinner gets it. Because you're down P.J. Locke. Don't know what the injury is yet. You're down Caden Stearns. Justin Simmons a little bit banged up. Now is the time when you say, I should have been drafted higher. You know what? I'm a linebacker safety. I'm a hybrid. I'm a chess piece. I'm a joker. Like, I am that guy defensively that you can move around, can make plays in coverage, can make play against the run. Ball hawk. Like, this is the time where J.L. Skinner could be doing all these things and he's, he's not. And it's unfortunate. DeLarian Turner Yell, who is a good special teams player. I, I, I mean, I understand what I'll say about him being picked one pick before Tariq Woolen. That's uh, the correct assessment, by the way. People, you're being unfair. It's a fifth-round pick. Nobody cares. Like, no, no, no. No, no. Anytime I hear that, because trust me, I've heard it a lot. It's a fifth-round pick. Nobody cares. Everybody misses. That's a bad miss. The guy that leads the league in interceptions. You got a special teamer. The Seahawks got a playmaker. And it's damn Seattle. Of course it's Seattle. I hate Seattle. I don't hate the city. But the fans, Seahawks fans drive me nuts. You got Russell Wilson. How's your leftovers? Drink another latte and uh, be quiet. Again, trying to be less obnoxious. But the point is this. What's the point? Delarian Turner Yell is ahead of J.L. Skinner. That's not good for J.L. Skinner. If you were to make the 53-man roster today, J.L. Skinner would not be on it. He would be on the practice squad, and you'd probably keep him. Because the film from the game wasn't good. 
Like, you need to make plays. Jail Skinner can make plays. There is no doubt with his range, with his athleticism, with his nose for the ball, there is no doubt that Jail Skinner can make plays. But, as Judd Small said on Caddyshack, well, we're waiting. That's what's happening right now at the safety position. This did not make me happy to see two safeties banged up, one on the cart, one I thought the cart was coming out for Caden Stearns. I really did, and it's unfortunate because I love Caden Stearns. And the problem with Caden Stearns, and this is a point where you get to with certain players, Caden Stearns was excellent as a freshman at Texas, and he's been hurt every year since then. Rewind that. Caden Stearns was excellent as a freshman at Texas, and he's been hurt every year since then. We don't know what the nature of the injury is. I don't want to catastrophize things. It's everyone's hurt. I'm just telling you what happened. What happened today, on a day when you had Simmons getting more rest, of course he's going to. Kareem was out there. But you had Caden Stearns a little bit banged up. You had the cart come out for P.J. Locke. These are two players that I really appreciate. And this is a position where, as I take issue with a lot of George Payton decisions, I really do. And I like George. He has a great reputation. But I take some issues with some of the ways that he's put together this roster. I look at it and I go, you know the safeties? George has done a really good job finding those safeties. And now that safety depth is being tested in a way that it didn't need to be because you were so deep. You were so deep at safety. It was like, yeah, you got a ton of safeties. You got a ton of corners. Now that depth is being tested. So this camp injuries are going to happen. Coach talked about it today. Injuries are going to happen. It's just the nature of the game. You can't really avoid it. Um, it's not all Lauren Landau's fault, everybody. For all the people that were saying that, which I'm biased because I'm friends with Lauren, but like it, it wasn't his fault, everybody. Okay, it's football. And when you don't prepare, like Nathaniel Hackett didn't, then you're going to have more injuries. When you do prepare like Sean Payton, you're still going to have injuries, just less. Because it's football. It's a 100% injury rate. But losing guys that are your guarantee in the box, the Tommy Boy reference again, losing those guys that are like, okay, you know, hey, your starter's banged up, but, man, you got a backup that's really good. P.J. Locke can play. And in this game, this cruel game, football is cold-blooded, Rick James. It is cold-blooded unity. Like, it is... It's bad and ex- exploitative at certain positions, certainly running back. I could make the argument it's that way at safety as well. My whole thing with these guys is get your money. Get your money, man, because this game will take it from you. And I hate to see when a young player with star upside, make no doubt about it, P.J. Locke has that sort of upside. He needed to get more opportunities, a backup. But that was a great addition for this team. And now... He may be facing a long recovery again. We'll know more coming up a little bit later uh, and hopefully get an injury update or something. Like, I know, you know, it's all new this year with Sean Payton, but it would be nice to know a little bit more um, in terms of going forward with this team. It's just frustrating. It's frustrating because (sighs) the line is exceptionally thin with this team. And if you lose 
certain players, you go from 10 wins potentially to six wins. The line is that thin for this team. It's already tough enough to win in football, but the Broncos aren't good enough to have a bunch of injuries and field a good team. They're just not. And if you want to blame George Payton and the lack of draft picks because you traded for Russell Wilson and you traded for Sean Payton, that's fine. But the bottom line is this team isn't talented enough to have a rash of injuries at certain positions, and now the places where they had depth, like safety, is getting awfully, awfully thin. And that makes me upset because these guys are putting in hard work out there. There are certain players that are standing out. I mean, I love telling the story of Jonathan Cooper. I love telling that story. I feel so, so much pride that when you Google search Jonathan Cooper Broncos, do you know the first thing that comes up? Go ahead, punch it in. Google. Jonathan Cooper, not when you're driving. Jonathan Cooper Broncos. First thing that comes up is an interview from me, DenverBroncos.com, when I was at the Senior Bowl, and I said, hey, you should draft this Jonathan Cooper guy. I'm very proud of that. Not for me, but for him. It ain't about me. I got opinions. I got right opinions. I got wrong opinions. I'm going to have opinions. I'm going to scout players. I'm going to tell you what I think. But what makes me so happy about Jonathan Cooper is he's doing what people doubted he could do because of a damn heart issue before the draft. There's no way that Jonathan Cooper should have ever lasted to the seventh round. If you watch the film and if you know ball, and again, when I hear people talk at camp, it's funny because it's like that person knows ball, that person doesn't know ball. Like, just no ball, especially if it's your job. Like, no ball. When you know ball, you know Jonathan Cooper's a stud. And when you watch film, and I love both of those guys at the Senior Bowl, man. I was talking about Baron Browning, talking about Jonathan Cooper, interviewed by DenverBroncos.com, brought up Jonathan Cooper. They draft him in the seventh round. It's a great pickup. I love telling the stories about him, putting in the work, making that progress, showing the development of his game. Jonathan Cooper's becoming a pass rushing stud. I want to see that translate to the regular season. I've seen it in camp. He's doing it. Nick Benito. I love telling that story. The thing I don't like is saying, hey, you love the Denver Broncos, right? Get ready for a six-win season. I don't want to say that. I don't want to live through that. I don't go through that again with this team. They've got the right coach. They might have the right quarterback. They have no depth. And there's certain players where they are, there are certain places where they are deep that they're getting thin. And then there's other places where they don't have any depth. And blame whoever, you know, shake your fist at the sky, whatever you got to do. The bottom line, the truth of the matter is the Denver Broncos have a team that's going to have to win ugly. They can win, they can get to double digit wins. I believe the Denver Broncos can make the playoffs. They're going to do it ugly. And if you're a hard out, there's nothing wrong with that. I want every team that faces the Denver Broncos this year to go, oh, crap. <laughs> we got to face Denver? I want every team, whether it's on the road, I don't care if it's a hard rock stadium. I actually do like that stadium in Miami. I don't care if it's at Soldier Field. I don't care if it's at G-E-H-A field. Giha? What? What is it? Is it Giha? To my understanding. Do it. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Uh, can I just call it Arrowhead? 
I know, I know. Corporate sponsors. Get the Energy Stadium. So far, I don't care. Ford Field. I want the Broncos to kick everyone's ass so that the next day on Monday, they feel it. Make them feel you, kid. That's what I want the Denver Broncos to do. I want them to beat up teams, and with the way their team is structured, they're going to have to. They're going to have to be the bully. They're going to have to be physical, and they're going to have to win ugly. But none of that's going to happen if too many guys keep getting hurt. It is Denver Sports Tonight. I am Cecil Lammy talking about the Denver Broncos, talking about training camp, and I teased it, industry term. Russell Wilson showed some really good progress today, especially with this one receiver that I am especially excited about. Tell you who and why next. It's Training Camp 2023. Phil Longford of Denver presents Denver Sports Tonight. It is Denver Sports Tonight. I am Cecil Lammy. DenverSports.com is where you go. My training camp reports are there. Andrew Mason's training camp reports are there. DenverSports.com. And sign up for that Denver Sports Daily every single morning, hot and fresh to your inbox. The top Denver Sports news from all around all of Denver Sports. You love Buffs, we've got you covered. You love Rockies, we've got you covered. You love the Nuggets, who doesn't love them, we got you covered. You love the Avs, we've got you covered. Pretty much anything, (laughs) Denver Sports, that's who we are. It's in the name. Don't forget it. DenverSports.com. Denver Sports Daily. It's free. Ain't no damn paywall. So uh, check us out. We appreciate you. And uh, the response to DenverSports.com has been amazing. We we definitely appreciate you guys. Denver Sports Tonight's analysis of Training Camp 2023 is brought to you by Phil Longford of Denver. Russell Wilson is looking better. Russell Wilson is making progress in Sean Payton's system. But beyond that, Russell Wilson is making progress with Marvin Mims. Now, it wasn't perfect today. And in fact, I believe on Orange and Blue today, I had mentioned like, hey, Russ is a work in progress with Marvin Mims. Like, it's not there yet, but you see it. And I said it before the start of training camp. And again, I got a bunch of opinions I watch a bunch of football. Hey, listen, you all have lives. I don't. <laughs> so I, I know like D-Max would be like, did you see that show on Netflix? I'm like, no, dude. Like, no, no. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm watching football. I'm either watching preseason football or college football. Like, that's what I'm doing. Um, and it's what I love to do. And I wouldn't have it any other way. But here's the thing. With my opinion on Marvin Mims, I told you during mandatory minicamp, I said he might be the best receiver here. He's obviously the least experienced. But that rookie, that rookie can be Emmanuel Sanders for this team. And I do not say that lightly. First off, he's a dear friend. And secondly, you don't find Emmanuel Sanders all over the place. English is still difficult for me. To find an Emmanuel Sanders, that takes a player with heart. That takes a player with energy, dog energy. Because Emmanuel Sanders, loving at the Shrine game years ago, that was in Orlando. It was only two years in Orlando, so it was one of those rare years. And I believe Clint Kubiak was there as a safety. That was 2010, top of my head. 
Uh, I go back through my notes sometimes, and it's funny because I'm like, holy cow, I saw Clint Kubiak <laughs> at the Shrine game as a player. Well, Emmanuel Sanders was there. And guess who I fell in love with? I fell in love with Emmanuel Sanders. That game. I see the same things in Marvin Mims, and I do. Again, I'm not going to throw this around. I'm not the guy that compares everyone to Barry Sanders or whatever. Like, if you're not incredibly gifted as a pass catcher, and the nuance that Emmanuel Sanders played with, the Steelers made such a mistake in letting that young man go. Because Emmanuel Sanders, in his four years with the Pittsburgh Steelers, never had a 1,000-yard season, never had a 100-yard game. Imagine that. And I know they had some talented receivers there at the time, but it's not like E doesn't have talent. E gun do E. And as we saw in Denver, thank God, Emmanuel Sanders was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Imagine having Emmanuel Sanders on your team for four years and he never has a 100-yard game. He comes to Denver. He takes that dog mentality, takes that incredible receiving skill with Peyton Manning, turns into a bona fide star. NFL stud. Incredible. I love Emmanuel Sanders. So when I tell you that Marvin Mims, the rookie, guys missed some time, that rookie is looking like Emmanuel Sanders, it's not because I'm talking out my backside. It's because that's the truth. The truth of the matter is Marvin Mims is special, man, because Emmanuel Sanders, I'm getting chills right now, Emmanuel Sanders, special player. I see the same thing in Marvin Mims, and if you're not on that bandwagon, you better jump on. Tickets are going fast because Marvin Mims can be the Broncos' best receiver. I do not believe it'll happen this year. Here's what's going to happen this year. Jerry Judy's going to get force-fed the ball. Hey, Jerry, you don't pay attention when you're not the number one read? Guess what? Pay attention because you're the number one read. I'm not giving away any secrets or whatever. Jerry Judy's going to catch 85 passes. I dare say 100. Jerry Judy's going to be heavily involved. And then get paid by someone else and leave. Anyway, um, Marvin Mims, though... If you combine everything, that dog mentality, speed. Jerry Judy doesn't have the speed of Marvin Mims. Jerry Judy is a better route runner because Jerry Judy is an exceptional route runner, but Marvin Mims is not that far behind him in that department. And here's where the difference lies. And this is why I say Marvin Mims could be the best Broncos receiver. Because his speed is blind. It's electric. It's, it's a blur. He absolutely can fly down the field. And Russell Wilson found that out today because not once but twice. And this is where Marvin Mims is developing. Marvin Mims, a little shake and bake, right? A little Ricky Bobby, you know? Shake and bake. Marvin Mims gets open. Easy. I mean, I mean, not even close. This isn't even an effort from this guy. He's just, just, bam, break your ankles. Done. Gone. And that's the thing. That's what makes him so special. Like, Jerry Judy will break your ankles, and then the defender can catch up in recovery speed. Like, he'll break your ankles. He's going to get you a window. Jerry's going to get you that window. you got to throw it. Throw it, Russ. On time, Russ. Here's the difference. Marvin Mims is going to AI you. And I ain't talking about practice, even though I've been watching practice. 
Marvin Mims is going to break your ankles, and then you'll never catch him again. We're talking about practice. Thank you, KJ. Marvin Mims is gone. This is incredible talent. And he is faster than Emmanuel was. Emmanuel had that dog. Emmanuel's going to break your ankles. Probably going to tell you about it. (laughs) I love Emmanuel Sanders for many, 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 many reasons. Marvin Mims has that same vibe, man. And he's getting it with Russ. Now, Russ, two times today, not three times, two times, did not throw correctly to Marvin Mims because Marvin Mims is too fast for him. Russ is not yet used to throwing to that level of speed. And this is incredible because we can talk about playmakers and we can talk about young athletes and we can talk about fast players. Marvin Mims is different, man. And he's special. And watching him on the practice field is a joy because you're seeing it's clicking for him. I talked about J.L. Skinner earlier, right? Talk about the safeties and and the P.J. Lock injury makes me so mad. I do wish I could cuss because, damn it, that hurts, man. P.J. Lock can play. And now, you know, cart coming out, banged up, whatever. And I told you about J.L. Skinner. Like J.L. Skinner, good, good player, real good college player. You meet good college player. That doesn't mean anything in the NFL. Skinner's got to take that step. It's got to click for that young man. I do believe he will. I, you know, it's, he's into his rookie training camp. It's in the middle of August, right? I'm not making any sort of final determinations on J.L. Skinner. But here's what's happening with Marvin Mims. Where Skinner, it's not clicking. You see the physical, but it's not right there. He's not clicking. He's not making the most. Marvin Mims is here to take somebody's job. I don't know who that is. I don't know when that's going to be. But Marvin Mims is here to take your job and literally run away with it. He's going to break your ankles, and you will never catch him again. Marvin Mims, Russell Wilson needs to get on the same page with Marvin Mims. And because Mims was banged up this offseason, you didn't have enough reps. It was also when Timmy Pats was still healthy, loved Tim Patrick, but that, you know, that caused the rookies not getting as many reps with Russ. Hey, Russ, 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 Russ. The other day, Russ and Judy and Sutton were working together. Here's what I want. Here's what I want. Take that rookie under your wing. If Russell Wilson wants to thrive this year for the Denver Broncos, part of the reason why he can succeed is because he gets on the same page as Marvin Mims. That kid is incredible. If Russ warms up to him, throws better passes his way, Mims will make plays. Today, we saw Russ overthrow him twice because he's not used to that speed. He's like, he can't time it up. Get used to that speed. Don't underthrow it. Don't overthrow it. Get used to that speed because Marvin Mims is going to get open. And say it with me, you're never going to catch him again. It's Denver Sports Tonight, and uh, I am Cecil Lammy talking about the Denver Broncos and the offensive line. Had a exclusive interview with Cam Fleming. I'll tell you what he told me about the new guys on the offensive line, and we'll do that next. 
Sports Training Camp 2023. Phil Longford of Denver presents Denver Sports Tonight. It is Cecil Lammy talking about the Denver Broncos. I'm talking about training camp, talking about this offensive line. I'll have my full interview with Cam Fleming. That's coming up uh, probably on tomorrow's show. And uh, hopefully get another player to talk to. These one-on-one interviews are, are outstanding. And, I again, I give a shout-out to Jordan. Shout-out to the Broncos. Uh, setting those up for those exclusive one-on-one interviews with me. And uh, it's been fantastic. Really a joy to do. And I appreciate the uh, Broncos' efforts in doing that. appreciate talking to these players because, again, the depth is a concern. But there are some players on this team, and Cam Fleming is a depth player, no doubt. But there is an opportunity for him to start this year. In fact, I would say it's a good chance that Cam Fleming starts at least a handful of games this season. Now, does he start him due to injury? Yeah, maybe. Does he start to do... Does he start due to ineffectiveness? Yeah, maybe as well. I said it on Stokely and Zach. I got no issue saying it again. Garrett Bowles needs to play better because under Sean Payton, it doesn't matter if you were a first-round pick. And I guess I better yell that so I do my pro wrestling like I do once a show. It doesn't matter if you were a first-round pick for John Elway a decade ago. (laughs) Wasn't that long. Do you realize that Cam Fleming has played in the league 10 years? Garrett Bowles has played in the league 7 years. Cam Fleming is younger than Garrett Bowles. Yeah. So, your older left tackle is not performing well. I still believe the injury is not it's not where it needs to be. I appreciate Garrett Bowles. I've said it before. I'll say it again. He's number 72 in your hearts, uh, number 72 number seventy-two on the field, number one in your hearts. Listen, Garrett Bowles can play when he's healthy, and I don't think he's, I don't think he where, is where he needs to be health-wise. I may be wrong, but he does not look good. So is there an opportunity he essentially gets benched? Yeah. I don't think it's a large opportunity, but it's there. Hell, it's there for everyone. There's an opportunity that Russell Wilson gets benched due to performance. I don't think it's a large one. I don't think it's a large possibility, opportunity. <laughs> I don't think it's a large possibility, but it's there. It's there for anyone. It's the NFL. It's called for not for long, or as Brandon Stokely says, what have you done for me lately, league? That's what this is. Uh, so my full interview with Cam Fleming, that'll be on tomorrow's program. He definitely appreciates the new guys inside and, of course, Mike McGlinchey there at the right tackle position. I did ask him, though, because when I watch Cam Fleming, I see a left tackle that I like and a right tackle that I like better as a left tackle. I think he's capable at both. Obviously, he is. And I like Cam Fleming. I'm very glad the Broncos got Cam Fleming back. That's the type of savvy move. That's the type of move George Payton needs to keep making and make more of them. Not the other types of moves that George Payton has made that potentially could get him out of a job next year. But the Cam Fleming move, that's a good move. That's a good player. That's a premium position where you needed better depth. And, yes, you've got Garrett Bowles coming back from a fractured fractured ankle. You have Mike McGlinchey, who is not great at pass protection, but he's a road-grading run blocker. You love seeing that. Now, he's banged up. Cam Fleming's going to play this year, and the Broncos will be glad that they have him on the roster. So I ask Cam, 
I said, Cam, I like you at left, but what are you? What are you? Are you a left or you're a right? What do you like? What do you like better? And he essentially told me that he's been a right tackle most of his career, and that's what he considers himself as. I'm here to tell you from this, as some would say, wannabe scout's eye, I think he's a better left than his right. And that says a lot about him because left tackle is a very difficult proposition in this league. Uh, right tackle, I'm not saying it's easier. Don't want to offend my friend Orlando or any of my other friends that are right tackles. Um, like, left tackle, playing left tackle in this league, it's very rare when you can find the guys that can do both and do them well. Ryan Harris is one of those guys. Love Ryan. Love him on the broadcast. Um, good friend. Ryan Harris is a good man. Just the two of us. But doing both, you can't do both well. Not everybody can. Ryan Harris could. I believe Cam Fleming can, although I prefer him on the left side. So we'll see. We'll see what happens this offseason, the rest of the offseason, for the Denver Broncos. All right. Are we on the countdown? We are on the countdown. Appreciate everyone for listening. I like doing a brain dump on what I saw from the Broncos training camp. Be back out there at practice tomorrow. Only a couple of days left for fans to be out there on Wednesday and Thursday. So make sure to stop by our DenverSports.com zone. He's KJ. He's the man in the box. I am Cecil Lammy saying, let's go Broncos. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned. And as always, stay frosty. Way too late. We got to go for all we know. Just the two of us